What's up, everybody, and welcome back to this is the fourth episode of the Rice Bowl podcast. We got a dope episode today. I got a guest with me today, my homie Dre, Diamond Heart, the graphic designer, the rapper, the bald-headed person who sits next to me frequently in photos. Yeah. Dre, introduce yourself. What it is. So we brought him on. He has an interesting story. He's going to tell us, which then leads into a question that I kind of want to discuss with him. We were talking about before the show, which is, uh, it's one of those questions that gets you thinking, gets you using your noodle piece. So, uh, we're definitely going to talk about that. We're going to continue in the, uh, kind of like three part series that we were talking about from the music entrepreneur club. Um, See, I still don't know what it's called, seminar or booth, panel, whatever thing that I went to. I honestly... Yeah, more like a panel. Yeah, it was, it was a panel, but like I guess they would call it like a networking event, but yeah, whatever. Did you... Did, uh, yeah, you networked? Yeah, I networked with people. I met a lot of people. But, um, so I'll, go, I'll cover that fairly quickly, and then we'll get on to the good stuff. And then, of course, we're going to cover the daily producer tip of the day, which is the fourth one. Um... <clears throat> But before we get into that real quick, let's see. Trey, has anything been going on in your life that you want to talk about or anything new or interesting? Just been working. All the time, right? Just grinding, you know, just trying to make this paper. Yeah. I told you what my goal was. Two weeks, a stack, one month, three stacks, and then... He's trying to get that Andre 3000 in and, a month. And then, we're going from there. That's what's up, man kind of just been on the same type of time just working all the time everything like that working on music uh me and Creeko put out another song gonna plug that right now uh in my lane be sure to check that out it's everywhere that your ears are exposed to music um all right so let's get into the marketing real quick so market that shit <laughs> i got five points real quick and Dre, feel free to jump in if you want to and add your two cents if you want to discuss anything. Got if a nickel. you don't want to, what's up? I got a nickel. Hey, that's fine too. If uh, if you got something to say, feel free to interject. If not, shut the hell up. All right. So the first point when it comes to marketing is you always need to have a story that you're telling. And I don't mean a physical story in the sense of like you need to be having a start and finish, everything like that but you need to have something that people can emotionally attach to in the sense of like, so like at the event they were using the example of there's this kid who he quit rapping because his mom died and his dad was like entirely against um, him rapping and everything like that. And after I guess lots of talking with his dad and lots of growth between both of them and everything like that over just you know his mom passing, he actually ended up becoming a rapper again and his whole story was the fact that like his dad hated rap but now his dad accepts it and supports his dream and everything like that so like that was the story that like they were he didn't even find like the gem in that like he was explaining this to everybody kind of like talking to the panel and they were like you that is like the perfect story you could tell like he uses the hashtag not a rapper or something like that because dad doesn't like to use the term or something right but you basically just need to have a story that you connect to your brand and everything like that. And that's that story is fire because like, not like the situation that happened, but like for the fact that like <laughs> <laughs> that's so fire that that no, kid's mom died. No, but like he was talking about how he didn't have a story when it's that it was like in his lap. Like you just right, exactly, it was like a story that 
not everybody's gonna go through, but the people who do go through it are gonna connect so hard with him because it's like, well, like even the people that didn't go through it can understand like they wouldn't want to go through that. True, no, definitely, definitely. But I, I mean, just in the sense of like, well, yeah, definitely connect. The really, people who like just you know what I'm saying have like that scenario, they're gonna literally feel that. And, like every word this man says is just gonna be like, for like the Bible to them. This is like J Cole college kids. <laughs> seriously, seriously, white college kids and J Cole are just like. His idol, they worship him. <laughs> well, what you call? I was thinking about with marketing. You're saying a story, like perfect story was Fifty Cent when he first came out. He got shot nine times. They just. Sh- I don't know if he wrote that story. He didn't write that story. That was something that like went down, but like they they like marketed it. Like that's what he was. No, he definitely on. he definitely took advantage and then just basically capitalized off of a bad scenario and yeah. flipped it. And that's honestly what really you can do in any scenario in life not just in marketing is if you got to take everything with stride and then just take every scenario that happens and flip it into the best possible situation so that was point number one make sure you tell a story for your brand for who you are as an artist producer or even just as a business if you listen to this you don't even make music um point number two is stay true so once you figure out what your story is and who you are as a person and stick what to you're that trying, shit yeah exactly just do not like almost what what somebody told me to do one time is like write a list of everything that you as a person stand for and like that's that's staying true to that so if the post or whatever you want to do or you know talk about or write a song about as long as it falls within like who you wrote down as a person like you're staying true to your brand and everything like that so Sadie's making faces at us so Sadie she's off cam or off mic, whatever you would call it on a podcast, playing The Sims, playing fake people, as I call it. But um, where were we? Stay true, yeah. Basically, just you know who you are. Don't feel like you have to ride whatever wave is popping at the time just because everybody is getting face tattoos. Do not get a face tattoo. That shit is permanent, and it's not going to be cool when you're 45. But... If that's what your heart desires. Yes, that's true. If you are the type of person that would get a face tattoo, like you woke up like one day and you're just like, you know what? I need a face tattoo to feel complete. Then go get a face tattoo. So that's point number one. Point number two, tell a story. Stay true. Number three is you need to have some type of marketing scheme or strategy or rollout because you can't just wing this shit. If you try and wing something... You may get it, and you may eventually, like, find your role and everything like that, but it's just so much better to have... And I'm... Dre knows I'm the type of person where, like, I'm so anal about just the fact that, like, I need everything written down, and I need everything, like, scheduled and this and that. Like, I'm very to a T when it comes to that. But just have plans. So, like, if you plan on dropping a song on Friday, then just figure out, like, okay, Monday on Instagram, I'm gonna post a little snippet of me vibing out in the studio to it. Or... On, you know, Wednesday, I'm just going to reach out to people and be like, yo, if you want a exclusive first listen before everybody else, like shoot me your email and then collect it for your email list, which is something that is another big marketing thing, which I don't have on this list. But that is a very valuable marketing tip is get an email list because I was just looking that up the other day, actually. What were you looking up on? Like MailChimp or? No, I was just looking up like the basics of starting a. It's actually super simple. It really is. But, um. Yeah, it's just, like, the importance to it is the fact that, like, yeah, you can go ahead and have your Facebook, you can have your Twitters and all that, but you don't own the data 
that directly connects to your exactly. consumer. Exactly. And think about all the days where like Instagram drops out and like for whatever reason we can't see pictures or we can't post. Like have you experienced that on your phone before? What? Where the Instagram like dropped out for a day and nobody could post. Right, yeah. Well, like think about that. Like if stuff like that could happen for a day, that could happen for a week, for a month. So it's like if you have people's emails, social media is going to go places, but that email is that's basically like almost as gold as getting somebody's phone number. And it's crazy because like the way algorithms work today, like if you don't post, they won't put you in the feed. Yeah. And even worse than that, it's like you have what you post has to be relevant to the people who let me see if I can explain this properly. Like the people who like similar things to the thing that you post, like that's the only people it's going to show up in front of. Like, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but like in the past, couple months like you only see probably 10 to 15 people on your instagram on your yeah. facebook it may be more than that but it feels like you maybe see the same people all the time exactly and it's but like what you call, um a big thing i realized is when i was doing a 30-day photo challenge mm-hmm. the um my engagement with just like not even like the people that i follow or the people that are following me just like people that were involved with like the types of hashtags i was putting in were mm-hmm. getting engaged for a while then you know i got a little burnt out and i stopped posting for a little bit right. and it's the engagement's not the same it, it's facts but what i found out because i was trying to basically just go the route of like consistency over uh quality like quantity mm-hmm. over quality and basically like i was just i wouldn't say shit posting but it would be just like random memes that i find or like just things that like weren't necessarily anything that had to do with me as an artist or me as a brand or a producer or anything like that and it was just things that I knew I would post and the engagement was kind of low and I actually talked with somebody at my job and she was like you need to realize like if you're not showing people like the passion behind the making music like don't take a video of like your screen like producers do this all the time and I'm guilty too or was guilty I try my best not to do it now (laughs) excuse me but like just videoing the screen when you have a beat playing and everything like that like show the passion of you making the beat like get behind the MPC everything like that but we kind of deviated away from what we were talking about, have rollouts, have plans, and everything like that. But to be honest, that was actually a perfect segue into the fourth point, which is know your audience. And that comes down to like basically just falling into posts that like relevant people like is everybody wants to be the, the somebody that everybody likes. Like everybody wants to be a Drake or something like that. And to be honest, not everybody likes Drake, but a right. lot of people like Drake. You and might not like Drake, but you might want that same level of success that Drake has. Right. Well, what I what I mean by that is even with the Drake though is nobody pleases everybody. And if you try to please everybody, you're going to end up being a pleasing flavor nobody. that nobody wants. Yeah, you're going to please nobody. Pleasing yeah. everybody pleasing nobody. Exactly. Because nobody loves vanilla. People like vanilla, people will eat vanilla ice cream, but nobody is just an absolute vanilla fanatic to where it's like mm-hmm. and if you are, you're a fucking weirdo and do not I, come near me cuz I work in a restaurant, bro. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, some motherfuckers love vanilla. They're, well, they're fucking weirdos, all right? They're also you, old as shit. Nah, yeah, see? <laughs> and there's there's another thing with, like, pistachio ice cream. Like, there's, like, a whole, like, fad of, like, once you get over a certain age, like, those are the only people who eat pistachio ice cream. I'm trying to think there's, like, a, a mother ice cream that every mother eats. It's, like, her favorite flavor Butter if you Bicam? ask her. 
What? Butter pecan? Yes. <laughs> Yo, I've asked like 10 to 15 people about this. They're like, yeah, that's my mom's favorite flavor. <laughs> my mom loves that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is about. My, it's not my mom's favorite flavor. My mom's, I think, is like mint chocolate chip or something along that line. But it's like there are so many people's moms who love butter pecan or pecan. It doesn't make any sense. It does uh, not make any sense. But that's not know, bad, though. Know your audience, because there are people who rave about butter pecan, and then there are people who absolutely hate butter pecan. But butter pecan knows their market. I know that. It's all right. Yeah. And see, that's the thing, though. Like, when you find your niche market, and you find, like, the corner of the world that you're going to inhabit... Fuck everybody else. Well, no, not that, because there's going to be stragglers who, like, the people who love you are going to be the people who are, like, almost identically similar to you. Like, they have... Mm. All the same interests, the same mindset, the same, you know, like, personality, everything like that. But then you're going to have people who have, like, one or two of the same interests. And they're still going to fuck with you. You're not going to be their fucking butter pecan. Right. But they're going to fuck with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Charlamagne the God says it's the, uh, it's three people are going to like you. Three people are not going to like you. Four people are not going to give a fuck. Yeah. That's, and that's a fact. And out of those three people that like you, there's going to be one or two that love you. Right. And it's going to be like insane and that's only if you find your niche like if you just like we said just try and be very broad and appeal to everybody like i don't know if you've ever used the um ads on like facebook and instagram and everything but a lot of people they always want to target like oh let me do 18 to 80 because i want everybody to see my song your song is not going to appeal to everybody you are wasting money if you have that broad of a spectrum because it's going to show up in front of somebody who's a, either never going to click it, or B, not going to understand it or enjoy it. So it's like, it's you're better off to find, like, 18 to 25. Right. And then rock with that. And even, it's good to find out, like, do you have a better male audience or a better female audience? Like, be what is the better half you, of it? Before you go ahead and put together any type of ad campaign, look at your analytics. That's find, what I was going to say next. Is like, Instagram find out. Instagram and Facebook have awesome tools that, for free, if you're a business account, right? Yeah. I look at my analytics all the time. All the time. And it'll tell you what posts are doing great, if men or women are liking it, what age they are, even what towns they're from, what countries. Yeah. Like, it gives you so much insight into who you're... It's like, I was to. looking at it, my my demographic are males between 18 to 35 in Philadelphia and the, like, surrounding areas. Right. So... Yeah, and that makes sense based off of the content that you post on... You know, your Instagram, your Facebook, everything like that. Yeah. I would say more so your Instagram because your Facebook's just shit posting memes and everything like that. Yeah. But who doesn't do that on that, Facebook? That's exactly what I have my Facebook for. That's the reason. Uh, all right, so. I Hashtag got send me Naruto memes. <laughs> if, if you have good Naruto memes, send them to me. I fiend for them. Yeah, I never really talked about the reason why I got a Facebook again. Yeah. I, well, now I'm guessing it's just for the dank memes. Well, yeah, it's just because, like, I originally got rid of my Facebook because, like, I felt like it was, like, a waste of time, which... We'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I just went to my Instagram, but I realized my Instagram isn't what it used to be. My Instagram used to be like, I just post anything. I'd post all types of drug shit, post all types of shit. But, but now you're posting mainly photography, I'm and posting, graphics. And yeah, I'm trying to like, it's more business oriented. Yeah. So it's like, I can't really, I can put a story up, but like. It's not the same as just be able to like just put you up. You have a little bit of a filter on it now. You feel like right? yeah, it's not as it's not as free as it was before. So. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That just comes down to but now like since I have like a, since I have like a brand new Facebook, I can kind of like filter out who 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent. On my Facebook, like I have my pen fried rice face Facebook that like you know I do the all the promoting and reaching out to people. But then I have my actual Facebook, and that's just literally retarded memes. Most of it's dinosaur and Naruto related. So yeah. like I said, send me those memes if you it's have any good paper. ones. I just go to my feed and, and just post. laugh and share. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Like I don't even post statuses on my regular Facebook. But we are completely off topic anyway. now in marketing. And uh, so the last topic is very simply just provide value. And that kind of goes back to the networking thing we were talking about last week, where whenever you reach out to somebody in hopes of like working with them, it's better to offer them something instead of asking for something in return. But what I mean with this in the sense of marketing is more show people the value of what you're giving them instead of telling them what the cost is. And what I mean by that is like, you can all day, if you're trying to sell something to somebody, you can be like, the price is $15, the price is $15. And they'll be like, okay, I get it, okay, I get it. But they're still losing $15 at the end of the day. And if you keep explaining it like that, that's how they're looking at it. And what you need to be doing is explaining to them how with only a $15 investment, you're improving their life in X area. You know what I mean? Right. And fuck algebra teachers for saying we we're never going to solve for X in the real world because we you got to solve for X right there. You do that shit every day. Yeah. I was actually just talking with my cousin yesterday and she's like, I'm an algebra teacher. I was like, I guess that sucks for you because your teacher probably said you weren't going to ever use that again. But like, you people use algebra all the time just like, not in the same aspect. Like, if, yeah. you're I mean, trying to figure out, if you're trying to budget out the week, you're going to use algebra. Yeah, that's true. You just don't think about it like algebra. Cause, right. Yeah. But yeah, provide value to people. So basically, like, instead of just always saying, hey, listen to my song, say, hey, if you listen to my song, I'll insert, either give them something or give them a shout out. Like if they share a video of them listening to your song, share the video. Don't just like it and be like, oh, cool. Thanks for listening. That's cool and all, but like do something to make them feel connected, to feel like they have value as a part of your fan base and brand and everything like that. But that is our five marketing tips from and like I said, I didn't get those from the Music Entrepreneur Club. That was just inspired to talk about them from going there. Um, so it's tell a story, stay true to your brand, have a scheme, schedule, strategy, however you want to say it, know your audience, and provide value. Don't show the value. Okay. Now, Dre, let's get to what we were talking about earlier. And I don't know if you want to give a little preface first to explain to people the context of what you're about to explain. All right, so... Lately, I've been uh, dwelling into the realms of some, let's call them psychedelic substances. Okay. Mainly, LS and or D. And or D? Like, not all together, just like <laughs> in, in singular parts? Um, and I feel like I have to go ahead and preface the fact that, like, I don't, I think it has a very common misconception that, like, LSD or, like, most psychedelics make you like see things that aren't there or like hallucinate like really crazy where the point where you don't think you're part of reality i think it's that can happen though it can happen it's just not the norm that's not like if you're taking like a regular right if you're just amount, taking like if you're just taking a tab or two it's not going to be like that no. like to be honest with you it's kind of like the complete opposite you kind of like at least for me i really get deep into my own my own head and like but kind for some people, that becomes yeah. scary because then it, it does. feels, if you're not ready to be in your head in that type yeah. of scenario. And it's because, like, I start picking myself apart from, like, and the last time 
which was a couple of days ago, eh, maybe like a week ago. I it was probably uh, yesterday. You know, it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, honestly, my sense of time is kind of misconstrued right now. <laughs> no, nah, it was all take it last Thursday, I believe. Okay. Anyway, oh, when I was dwelling into it, my like my trip, I was scrolling Instagram, looking for like potential like models to contact for like possible projects later on. He was trying to get some pussy. No. <laughs> <laughs> this was business related. Yeah, I just um and I was looking at a whole bunch of art and I just started thinking it's like kinda what's the in a nutshell what's the point? But in a deeper context, I was trying to figure out where does the benefit come from for most people when it comes to art? Like, I understand that there's a finite amount of people that, like, you know, do ad work and actually, like, you know, do well freelancing. But yeah, turn it into a job. And, like, but it's not... design. But for most, it's just... A hobby. For, for the love of it. Yeah. And I guess I kind of forgot about that. And I started thinking about art as a waste of time. In a way, in a sense, not necessarily as in like, oh, there is a such thing as a waste of, oh, there is a such thing as a waste of time, but like, time's always moving, so. Like, Explain what you meant, though, like, when we were talking about it beforehand, you were saying how, like, you felt like part of the reason was because you were making so many pieces that never saw the light of day besides to you. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, and when I first started, like, I made... On my first MacBook, I probably have, like, well, close to, like, 250 pieces that never really... Like, a couple of them probably went out to, like... Friends or something? No, not for friends. Like, I've I've definitely done work for other people outside of people that I know. Right. But a lot of the times, I'll do something for somebody, and they won't pay me... They won't have the money. So now I'm just stuck with this design that I haven't <laughs> used. Gotcha. Or I'll just have this idea that I come up with and I just make it and now I just made it. And I can yeah. show it to people, but... But then what? Yeah. Right. So I got into like really deep into that and then I started thinking about, so what? Like, why not? It's like, there is no such thing as a real waste of time if you think about like if you're doing what feels natural and what like feels like good to you like what's the problem with it and that's how i feel about it like even if another one of my beats or songs or whatever i do music wise never saw the light of day again like only i was the person who listened to them enjoyed them i would still 100 percent dance and at full volume to them naked when nobody's around yeah. and bro you know you know me i have i've done plenty of performances with songs that like i have New material that I perform all the time. Mm -hmm. I haven't really, like, recorded or anything. Right. I mean, it just comes down to, like, there are certain individuals. Not even certain individuals. I feel like, to be honest, it's everybody to a certain degree, and then people just stifle it as they get older. We have a... What's the word? A... Wait, wait. Use your words. I'm, I'm, I have it on the tip of my tongue. It's just not happening. Um, we have a propensity to create. Like we literally like right. are driven to like create. And I feel like 
I don't know if that's everybody though, because I'm definitely. I do because I saw this study, um, that basically what they did was they took kids from they were two years old or mm. three years old. It was some two or three, some young age, very young, and they had them do this little creativity test, which basically you know was the comprehension how they creatively solve things. Da da da. The kids, I think it was like, the twelve kids that they tested all tested ninety percent creative, Where's or it? higher, right. and then. They tested the same kids again when they were, I think it was like 12 or something like that, or like 10, 12, somewhere in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. And only about, out of the 12, I think about 60%, they tested about 60% creative average. And then they got tested again when they were like 15, 16, and they tested, I think it was like 20%. And then literally as they got to like 25, they were testing at like 10, 12% creative, if that. And what that showed, not all of them, of course, some of them kept, you know, well into the 70s, 80s, 90s. But it just comes to show that, like, as you go through life, we're all born with the creative ability to solve issues and create and do this and that. It gets stifled because we fall into, there's people who want us to become sheep and think right. in a structured manner. Think, that's exact. That's one of my biggest qualms with school is the fact that, like... It- it doesn't really nurture sets you. you up to learn. It sets you up to absorb information and then basically relay it out. Yeah, but um, I've had this thought about like how like the school structure should be is like maybe through like pre K, like trying like your elementary school years, you learn your basics, math, reading, because mm-hmm. you need those to no one hundred percent. You need those to maneuver. But when you start getting into like middle school, like. Some kids are going to want to keep learning that type of shit, but there's other kids that really don't want to learn that and want to learn. So you're things. saying like 12, 13 kids can start like not figuring out like, trades, but like start yeah. to deviate more towards I feel specific like, things. But, but yeah. And I feel like this middle school structure is kind of set up like that where you start getting to like. At least the middle school I went to was not structured like that. Uh, my middle school I went to, you were uh, like your first two years was like. It was pretty structured as like these are your things, but you got like two classes that you got to pick, like that were different. Like you got to do like wood shop, or you got to work. Okay, like, maybe mine was like that because yeah. I, I I did art like, classes and stuff yeah. like that. And then, but like by the time you get into high school, I really feel like that should be like preparing you the for the majority of what you're doing. Like that should definitely be where college, like how college starts. Like you know how college starts now, where it's like you're now thrown into this like. You have your prerequisites, but, like, those are just for you to, like, make sure that you're good for whatever what your major you is. Do, yeah. Like, that's exactly how I feel like high school should be, like. I mean, yeah, I just, that would make a lot more sense. Because, like, you would under, like, obviously not everybody's going to know what they want to do at 16 years old. Right. But, like, they, have a, they know what they're interested in. True. And. To be honest, I feel like if they were given multiple options and the ability to choose, right. I feel like they would be able to find out what they want to do a lot sooner. I feel like that's part of the reason why kids, when they are 19, 20, going into college... They don't know like, what they want to do. Cause yeah, because they, they, don't, they don't know what they, they can do. They didn't dip their toes in enough yeah. things to figure out, like, oh, I like this, oh, I don't like this. Because people are afraid to figure out what they don't like. Like, yeah. nobody wants to end up in a situation where they're either going to fail or be like this sucks or I fucked up or like because it sucks yeah I was lucky enough when I was in high school to just realize that and say fuck my regular classes and start just like skipping to going to different art classes right 
and then I realized that's what I wanted to do, so I'll go to college for it. There you go. But not everybody has that same know-how or, like, they're not in tune with themselves to go ahead and, like, figure that out. Like, I didn't know what I really wanted to do till I was probably, like, 18, 19, and then it clicked. But I had already gone through, like, half a semester of college, dropped out because I was like, fuck this, I'm not going yeah. for something that I don't know what I want to do and waste time and money. And I saw when you, um, that's around the time when we met, and I saw when, like, it kind of clicked for you. Yeah, and it just was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Because you just started coming to the stew as just somebody who wants to record music to actually owning space in there at some yeah. point. Yeah, I ended up owning space, getting fucked over, ending up in horrible situations. Matter of fact, I'm going to bring Dre back on sometime, and we're 100% going <laughs> to tell the story of the... F- this, it's how I met him, but also, like, the first studio that me and him it's were like a part of. It's our backstory. For most, it's pretty much <laughs> our backstory. Yeah, it's how we got our superpowers. But that's a whole... That'd be a whole fucking... There'd be nothing else to be talking yeah, about. Yeah, it, it'd be like a good 40 but there's minute, a lot of like, long episode. But there's a lot to learn in that, though. No, we definitely... It definitely was an experience that taught me, and Dre, but m- me personally, just like... Not everybody is your friend just because they say you are, and a whole bunch of other things that... I should have known, but needed to learn. But I'm happy I did not in that situation because and it I, could have been way more extreme. The fucked up thing about like situations like that is then it makes it hard to understand who's actually has your best interest at heart. Facts. And I was just scammed recently on some dumb shit. Something I was trying to purchase and da 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 da. That's another story. But um, that taught me another lesson. It's like. It, it it almost makes you want to like slap yourself in the face because it's like I should know this, but once you learn, it's like yeah, I'm not gonna fall for that <laughs> Bro, again. I sat here and listened to a whole entire conversation with Jared Bull. And I was like, yeah, I'm on the phone with dude, and like he's giving me like we were supposed to be having like this conference where he explains some type of like marketing thing to me. And First off, like it was a, it was a red flag when it was supposed to be a video chat, and that didn't happen. Yeah, it was supposed to be a video call, and he was like, well, we're just gonna regular call and. Uh, me being the dumbass that I am, didn't see like five red flags before that. Cost me money, cost me time, but I learned, and so fuck the guy who scammed me. But all right, so that was kind of our existential acid trip question that Dre was asking himself: was is music or worth it, or art worth it in general? I mean, and uh, and I think the answer is yeah, yeah, it is. And at least from my perspective, one hundred percent. Because like I said. I'm I'm gonna create even if nobody wants me to create. That's what I came I to. Need to. Like, that's why I came to the conclusion of like I can't I can't see a point in time where I wouldn't want to create something. So yeah, and it's like I literally go through periods of time where like if I don't create, I'm kind of like I need to create, and like that's where like I'll start sketching or I'll do. But I, what I did think I started, uh, what I did come to the conclusion was I think I need to start collaborating more. Music or art wise or both. Both. I. I definitely agree on the music tip because I I produce for his music and I honestly don't know besides the songs that I've hopped on which we never Mm. even released I haven't haven't collabed with anybody I I was going to say I don't think he's collabed with anybody so if you're an artist who wants to collab with him check out his music and uh, hit him up because that would be super dope if you're an artist and you want to collab on something if you're yeah if you're a graphic designer painter sketcher photographer we'll figure it out bald person Drake collabs with anybody who's like him yeah, even if you have hair. I don't... No, you can't have hair. Bro, he, you, he gets self-conscious. I collaborate with you, and you have hair. 
I have luscious hair. If you've never seen <laughs> Shut <it>. the fuck <laughs> <laughs> If you've never seen a photo of me, Google Pim Fried Rice. You may not even see a photo of me, but if you are lucky enough to. No, you'll probably see this black chick that also goes by Pim Fried Rice. I, I should Google my name. You never Googled your name? I have, but like not recently since I have. I've become popping with my... I have, trying to find your fucking... Uh, your podcast. I'm not actually popping, guys. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Like you're typing Pim Fried Rice. You do pop up. Hold on, I'm guys. I'm gonna Google this real quick. I got but the computer on. Let's you see. share you share a space with this black chick named uh, Pimp Fried Rice. Well, I would assume that's her name <laughs> when she pops up. Otherwise, she has her SEO all the way fucked up. Okay, so let me. What, what was I about to do? Just Google your name. Okay, see, kids don't smoke weed. Or do. Oh. Or, yeah, or do. Just bro. know that your memory is going to be fucked up. <laughs> bro, there's art. So I told you about how um, Blow Up My Job and I talk about the spell show all the time and Tyrone Bigham. Yeah. Well, there's the one drone. It's actually in that same skit that I was telling you about earlier. At, uh, after he found he found out the anthrax was bad, he went ahead and uh, tried to sell it to this A-Rab guy. He's like, I got this anthrax and it's the bomb, baby. <laughs> but um, this kid at, the, uh, at work was... Uh, like really like congratulatory about this uh or he was really really happy with the butter noodles mm-hmm. and he was like give the compliments to the chef so I went up to the woman was like so the kid at the table said the butter noodles was the bomb baby <laughs> <laughs> and he's like really I was like no but if he did I would definitely smoke that kid the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> that kid would be getting a free blunt from me he's like six years old I don't give a fuck that's hilarious alright so I google pim fried rice and I'm kind of so the pictures that come up, you will see my luscious locks, one hundred percent. But the picture looks like one of me busting a nut because like my eyes are like going in two separate directions. Oh, like is that the one from the grin. meme? Yeah, it's the one from a meme I made because my mom was trying to catch me off guard and made me laugh, and I guess that's what happened. I don't, I'm still confused on where that picture came from. And and you get to see a picture of my kitty Yola, which that's adorable, and. uh I never looked at your pictures. I just looked at your actual like. Oh no! I'd be looking at the pictures. What is that? What? Is that is that Marilyn Manson? No, that's you. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm giving a free beat to anybody. If you send me on Instagram the picture that if that you think Dre thinks I look like Marilyn Manson, so go on Google, type in "pimp fried rice," and if you find that photo, Yo, you'll get a free beat from me. Fuck that was Marilyn Manson from the Yo, Dope Show, bro. Fuck you, dog. Okay. <laughs> Okay, all right, next point. We're going to be talking about the Daily Producer set number four. Oh, all right, so as you guys know, if you don't know, fuck you for not paying attention. I've talked about it before. Okay. Oh, shit, damn. <laughs> no, but... Let it be um, known, though. Uh, I wrote a book. It's called 100 Daily Producer I designed Tips. that, John. He did. So if you buy the book, that is compliments of both myself and Dre. So is, buy that shit. Yeah, You're buy not that shit. Though he sees no commission, <laughs> just just the one lump sum he was given for doing the work, and that's the shitty part of being an artist sometimes. Hey, you know. But um, yeah, it's called a hundred daily producer tips, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a hundred producer. It's a hundred tips that you can read daily for producers. You can read them faster because they're short chapters, but I suggest reading it day by day so that way it makes me feel better about myself. Um, so number four is the sound selection is more important than how you mix the sound. Are you going to read this? Like the whole thing? No, I don't oh. read the whole chapter. Basically, I just read the headline like I just did. 
and then I talk about it. So with sound selection being more important than how you mix it, that is exactly what it sounds like. It's better to start off with a sound that sounds good and instead of like finding a sound that sounds pretty shitty and then try and doctor it up to get to where you need it to. Now I've obviously been in scenarios where you had to do that. I know plenty of producers that have, especially if you sample or if you're trying to find something that you know is a VST that may either be just like a lower quality one or if it's a crack version for those of you who use crack versions don't use crack versions just don't use crack (laughs) both are good advice pieces um i lost my train of thought now yes good sounds but yeah there are plenty of awesome vsts nowadays that give you good quality sounds like omnisphere valhalla exhale contact complete um fucking addictive keys addictive drums there's so many different that you almost have no excuse to have shitty sounds unless you're trying to achieve a shitty sound because sometimes i'd be shitty in my sounds up to make them a little dirtier but um yeah sound selection is more important than how you mix it that's daily producer tip number four like i said please buy the book if you want to support it's on amazon just look up 100 daily producer tips it will pop right up we have the um, Kindle version or the ebook, whatever it's called, and then the paperback. And um, if you don't want to buy it, that's fine. Just listen to all 100 first episodes of the podcast, and you'll technically have heard the audiobook. Um, other than that, that is the podcast for today. Thank you guys for listening. You stayed all the way to the end. I know we had kind of an interesting conversation with Dre today. Dre, thanks for stopping on by. Well, I was already here. Yeah, yeah, he was. We were actually just working in the studio, and I was like, You want to be in today's podcast? And he was like, yeah, because he was actually going to be on the first podcast. And then we got like cut off halfway through recording. And then I got crunched for time and just was like, I'm going to redo it by myself. And because he was going to be the original co-host, but our schedules got kind of fucked up. Because he got a job. Yeah, he got a new job. And so well, first he off, still I- may be, he just may be like the interim co-host to where like he'll be on when he can. But if not, you guys are just stuck with me. So, if you guys fuck with Dre, let me know. Let Dre know. Dre know. (laughs) Drink that shit. Let... Yeah, maybe we're not going to let him back on because if kids listen there. <laughs> Dude, I drink Drano. That's not good for you. <laughs> but smoke weed. It will it will free up your drains, but it'll also... It will, it, it'll free up your like intestines too, but probably more <laughs> so than you want it to. Yeah. But, um... This episode was sponsored by Drano. And no, okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week, and see you later.